Well, 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 good morning, Chandler. Welcome to another episode of Pop Apologists. Thank you for co-hosting with me today. Mm-hmm. This is a very exciting day because last night we hit a thousand Patreon subscribers and I am on a high. Honestly, something I never really thought would happen, to be honest. No. No. I thought it was um, like a 2024 thing, maybe, if we had like <laughs> another Johnny versus Amber type of scenario, you know, God forbid. But yeah. What's so funny is earlier last year and sometime around like early in Q4, I was like, help Stop us get to our- Okay, sorry. Are you going to go into the diatribe or are you just going to tell me to no, stop I'm saying not, it? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just going to tell you to stop saying it. I'm sorry that I split up the months by quarters, okay? Some of us, you know, it's just like, like we're it, in the boardroom. It goes against the working soft principles. Okay. So some sometime in the in the latter part of last year, I was like, help us get to our goal of a thousand Patreon subscribers. Um, and let's just say it did not seem like it was happening anytime soon. <laughs> and so, yeah, I had basically given up hope that it was on the horizon, but somehow yeah. this month we have just skyrocketed in Patreon subscribers. It's been so fun. And really listeners to the podcast, what's crazy is this, we've grown like 30% in two months, strangely. Yeah. yeah. We don't know where these people are coming from, but we feel so grateful for them. <laughs> I know. Okay. So Chandler and I feel like we have a lot of new listeners. If the, if the stats are correct, we have a significant amount of people who are new to the podcast. And so we want to do a kind of welcomed pop apologist podcast episode where we chat about who we are, how we started this podcast. We walk down memory lane. We really want this to be almost like a starter episode where you can go to and you can kind of get a feel for what we're about and then what episodes maybe you should listen to, to dive more into the podcast. Yep. Because it is, it is quite the backlog, you know, with over 100 and almost 150 episodes on the main feed and then over 100 episodes on Patreon. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of content to wade through. Yeah. But first, before we do that, Chandler, you told me to watch Tar. I am so glad I did. This is a film that you really, your phone has to be away. You cannot okay. be scrolling. Yes. I told you, I said, please, I know you have a short attention span that wanes every, you know, more and more every day. Um, <laughs> but I was like, please just put your phone in the other room and just please give this movie your full attention. Um, because I had heard like buzz about it since it came out. And just like, it, I was kind of like, you know, I'm not into classical music and I yeah, think I'm true. good. I think I don't need to watch that movie. Um, but then hearing more and more buzz, hearing like that it was kind of about some other themes. I decided to watch it on Saturday night. I loved it and I wanted Lauren to watch it. Well, I will say that it was so captivating that even though I had my phone next to me, I honestly did not go on it because the cinematography is right. so gorgeous like there is just nothing more beautiful to me than like the rarefied rooms that coast like new york elites and berlin intellectual Mm -hmm. elites occupy at least Mm -hmm. in this todd field dreamscape i just i could not have been more i think visually arrested chandler by this scene i I also loved oh go ahead i (laughs) i had a moment where they're in tar's partner's apartment yeah. I feel like apartment is just the wrong word. Space, maybe, is what I'll call it. They're in loft, partner space. Loft. loft. Like, it's like Bethany's. Honestly, it was like Bethany's concrete loft, but like decorated perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, just done perfectly. Yes. Um, no, you know, no red, no Bethany skinny red to be found. Skinny girl red. It was the perfect intellectual set of neutrals. Like, it wasn't like this, like, yeah. basic white girl, white marble and like farmhouse vibes. No, it right. is just like the most gorgeous gray on gray camels most beautiful like yes like perfectly old tons of books just like this is yeah it's a fever it was somehow immaculately clean and easy on the eyes while still being warm and inviting lived in lived in so i had a moment though when i was watching that where i was like yeah i had like a, a renata klein moment where I was like, <laughs> I will not, not be rich. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh. And like, this is me living in a 400 square foot apartment. I'm sure there's a middle ground between the Berlin loft and where I'm at right now. But yeah. like, 
I just was like, wow, if this is how the other half does it, I want in. I know. <laughs> I know. No, it's it's honestly so true. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, so the movie itself, the movie is not what you think it's going to be about, right? Well, I actually already knew what it was about because I have, my friend was dating one of the executive producers. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And Still wasn't going to watch it. <laughs> no, I, well, I don't know. I just heard about it so much mm-hmm. like last mm-hmm. year. Um, and so I just kind of was like, meh, whatever. And yeah. also I knew that I knew the general premise. And so I wasn't yeah. sure I'd be that interested, but I will say Kate Blanchett, not only is this screenplay just somehow so riveting not only is the cinematography just completely visually beguiling but Kate Blanchett as an actress I just cannot I can't I can't take my eyes away from her she really is like a Daniel Day-Lewis yes yes absolutely um like her facial expressions the micro expressions on her face Like her face is just so beautiful too. That right, skin. Right. She's such a oh, she's such an example of the way that great bone structure lends itself to a lifetime of beauty. <laughs> because oh, absolutely. Damn. And, yeah. And Oscar and, nominations. Yeah. She's just so gorgeous. And I there's something about the way she kind of embodies this character that is really, really mm-hmm. it's gripping. It's gripping as a viewer. And I think the fact that the movie starts off as kind of a drama and then it, by the end of it, it's a thriller. It's a full right thriller. And that was, that was my favorite part of it was just like, okay, you think you know what this movie is going to be about or you think, you know, you know the tone and the tempo. And then Ben and I were like literally kind of getting scared by the end of it, like in a little jumpy. It's just such a fabulous movie. It's, I highly recommend it to everyone, but you have to like watch it. You cannot semi-watch it. Yeah, absolutely watch it. Okay, and other and other kind of hot topics, Chandler. Bravo has officially canceled the Real Housewives of New York City reboot. So, so as everyone knew, there was going to be a a legacy edition and then also the new cast. And apparently the the legacy members were fighting hard for their due for top dollar and Bravo okay. said we don't need you bitches and canceled the yeah. entire reboot. Wait, but okay. So hold on. They were going to do a new cast. Remember they announced the new cast at like Bravo. The new Con? cast. The, I'm sorry. If we're talking about maybe reboot is the wrong word, but the new cast is still going. They're already filming okay. for that. That is still okay, in the okay. works, but the legacy edition has mm-hmm. been officially terminated. The offers were rescinded. I think yesterday at 6 PM. Whoa. And that it is no longer everything. happening. Yeah. I I feel okay about that. I like I think I've just seen these women love them as I do, you know, basically prostrate themselves on TV for as long as they possibly could with every potential possible and potential storyline. And maybe yeah. it's just time to let let things lie. I do f- hope they get their checks though. I hope they get some type of income stream after this. My personal feeling is I think Housewives as an entire franchise is on its last leg. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that we've just seen it all. And really right. the, the women who do it are so good now at being professional reality stars. It's yep, no longer yep. really a peek into this kind of crazy exclusive right, wacky life world. Yep. Yeah. We no longer have a Luann De La Seps with her tagline being like, I don't feel guilty for being privileged. Like that, right. that was the charm of the show was the complete tone deafness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the place where we're at in Housewives Chandler is in order for a housewife season to be good, one of the members either needs to be going through a completely tawdry affair, right? right. Like their their family has to be completely split apart and we have to see it on the show, all our right. housewives in Miami. Or there needs to be a, a housewife that is indicted, that's under investigation by the FBI. This right. needs to be caught on camera and who needs to be in, like, involved in a serious uh, nationwide fraud. That's it. No, it's it's so true. Like We need like DEFCON 5 level crises happening in their mm-hmm. life to make it like watchable. And honestly, that's kind of a dark reality that we're like in. And so I, yeah, I, um, I would just like to say that, you know, if housewives is really you know eventually going to go by the wayside andy cohen we would be happy to hire you as a production assistant to pop <laughs> apologists 
just so you know, like you've got yeah. a job with us, probably something part-time hourly, but um, yeah, you've For got sure. a job with us. Yeah. We can't guarantee benefits. I think, I think Andy Cohen will be fine. Um, and I'm <laughs> sure that, I'm sure that the, the franchise is going to continue, but to me, it just seems like it's been on somewhat of a decline for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless they maybe get different cities. I, I don't know. I, I still like, I still pop in and watch housewives every now and then. I, I just think I have less of an appetite for fighting on TV. But if you remember like the housewives history, it was so much less about fighting and it really was about just like these very eccentric rich women. Yeah. That's what it yeah. was. It was about like real life. And then it just right, evolved. Like Alex and I, and the, yeah. I also think production got lazy. Like I think there's so, like I think it became very formulaic. Um, it's so much easier to just contrive drama than it is mm-hmm. to really follow people in their natural lives. It's probably it would take a lot more filming and just really kind of find the interesting tidbits and the funny comical things that naturally arise. Right. I I think it's just so much easier to be like, what's the fake thing you're going to take offense at? This is the thing you're going to fight at at this lunch, fight about at this lunch. Right. And this is the drama we're going to create. So, and like finding the amazing, like Bethany's, you know, I know we have mixed thoughts about Bethany, but like the Bethany's who are going to be the voice of reason and that they're going to be super likable or funny. Like, you, ha- you need one of those in every cast and not mm-hmm. every cast has brought that. Right, right. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home and it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned cube frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early Bird CBD Gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com, POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Well, anyway, so let's move on from Housewives. Um, Chandler, should we do this? Should we do Pop Apologist Memory Lane? Should we walk down it together? Yes, Lauren. I would love to take a trip down Memory Lane with you. I think our, you know, our origin story, it's, you know, it's a broken road. And I think we need to walk it together, you know, however broken it may be. Absolutely. Lauren, let's start at the beginning. Let's, you know, musings aside. Um... Let's start at the beginning. It's 2016. You and I are both in college at the time. Are we living together? I'm not sure if we're living together, but I know we were convening weekly with Megan, our Mm -hmm. original co-host, to chat all things pop culture. We loved Kanye West. I remember that was a big part of our brand and personality. Huge Kardashian fans. And that was really kind of how this started was being apologists for loving pop culture. Yes. Yes. It was, it was like this golden era where we like had these celebrities that maybe, you know, the majority of people around us didn't really care about or thought were stupid, but we were like, no, you don't understand. Like these people are important. The work they're doing is important. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We would have argued that the Kardashians were actually doing some very important cultural work, although clearly we have matured with that point of view. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
And yeah, this was the this was the era of Yolanda Hadid on Beverly Hills. This was, yep. this was the time when she was starring. I think season three of Beverly Hills was airing at this time, if, I, if memory serves. Once again, a golden era of Housewives time where I remember, you know, every time I'd see you or Megan, I was like, okay, let's go by, you know, city by city, franchise by franchise, and let's catch up on what we've seen this week. Like, there's so much to talk about. They're giving us so much. Right. You know, like, it's it's Lemon Chicken. It's Bella Hadid's first apartment in New York. Like, right. it's everything. Oh, absolutely. A golden era. And you could say a golden era for this podcast. However, this, like all good things, had to come to an end. Right. I think we released like two to three episodes max. And I think we recorded. No, we released 11. You're kidding. Oh, gosh. I'm so glad those are gone. 11 episodes. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, What? And how often do we record? Like, it wasn't on a weekly basis. I just remember we recorded. No, we recorded weekly. I remember we recorded weekly and we recorded enough over like two and a half months that, of course, I had a lot of like rebirths happen at that time, rebrands. I had a lot of of like identity crises. And so I think I quit the podcast at least once during this initial podcast oh, creation phase because yes. I told you I had to devote myself entirely to literature. <laughs> yeah. Do you see what I've been dealing with? Can we just take a moment to a moment of silence for what I've been dealing with forever? This is why Chandler really wanted me to watch Tar is because I used to be be so insufferable. <laughs> um and anyway, <gasps> anyway. Uh, memory is sweet, you know, it makes you forget things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow, I can't believe you released 11 episodes. Yeah, and I remember, so this was 2016. This was when I moved home. So I was like 26 at the time. Um, yeah. I, I remember because I had moved home. Let's just say my poet and philosophy career had not exactly taken off. So I had, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> tail between my legs, moved home to Orange County, California. I right. did not make it in the world of elite intellectuals. I did not make it into a, a dreamlike, tar-like existence. Yeah. Um, but instead, I was back in sunny Southern California Tail between my legs, nothing to show for the past four years at BYU. But 11 episodes of a podcast that nobody listened to. Don't forget yeah, that. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> Working for mom hourly, like making $15 mm-hmm. an hour, cleaning mom's backyard, organizing videos, <laughs> just like I'm schlepping for mom, working hourly. Right. Um, it was a pretty bleak period for me personally. And I just remember mom came into my room at some point because someone had alerted her to the fact that this podcast existed. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think it was somebody who knew her through like church perhaps. Um, but someone had, you know, let her in on the fact that we had a a podcast that we were putting out content for the world to see, you know, or to hear, I guess. And there was one episode in particular that was really an episode that we could not have mom here. Like I'm I, sure that she would have cringed entirely at the entire thing. Right. But there was one specifically that our ass would have been grass if she heard. I remember like it was yesterday. Um, if everyone will jog their memory for when Orlando Bloom was spotted on a paddleboard completely naked. Not only did we acknowledge that these photos existed, but we dissected them, you know, for, for our... <laughs> which is something I don't think we would even do to this day. Like, I don't think we would no. do that on an episode. Like, I mean, maybe we'd lightly talk about it, but we would never, you know, go into detail about our thoughts about something like that. Like that, that definitely was, um, you know, I was throwing caution to the wind. We were like exuberant over the fact that these yes. photos existed <laughs> together. Like, this is why, this is why our podcast really should, I'm glad it was taken off the air because we know. were just so unself-aware and just so incredibly I mean, like, the way that we reviewed these photos with such enthusiasm is embarrassing. I think also we just didn't think anyone was listening. It was honestly just for fun for us to like sit and chat and then record it. And it wasn't like we thought, oh, everyone's going to love this take. It was just like, let's hang out together, you know, and and be a little bit debaucherous. That's exactly right. I don't think we thought of it as a potential career or really. No, God, no. It was just for fun. And we were just completely unself-aware and completely unfiltered in in the takes that we would give, embarrassingly enough. Um, And so I just remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this was back in the this was back in the Bledsoe era, Chandler, when we had a lot more fear for Deborah Bledsoe. I mean, let let me also set the stage quickly with where I was. I was at BYU attending 
you know, mom and dad were paying for my tuition yeah. um, and my phone bill at the time. So, you know, everything else I had to figure out on my own, like rent and groceries and, and gas. But, you know, I was still on the dole. Well, and also I was literally living in their home. Not mm-hmm. only were they sheltering me, they were providing me with a career working for mom hourly mm-hmm. as her you know, personal assistant. I think too, I had like just gotten into the advertising program. So like my BYU career was about to get like real serious. And like, I, I think that's, which is why what what's about to happen next makes more sense. But I was very like, okay, I am in my like major, I'm like, you know, locked and loaded to like you know, do my portfolio and get a job. Like I, I was like all in on BYU at that time. Yeah. And also really, we were just not in a place where we were ready for her reaction to no. our unfiltered thoughts, our locker room. T- it was really locker room talk. It really was. It absolutely was. So I just remember mom was like, you have one hour to delete this podcast from the airwaves or I will listen to it. It's and we were honestly, like, holy. Okay. Go ahead. I got a different blackmail threat. If I remember right, it was like you called me and you're like, mom and dad know about the podcast. They're <laughs> not happy. And they said that we have 24 hours to get rid of this, to <laughs> delete it from the web, or else her and dad are going to listen to every single episode. Okay. You have a better memory from than me because that is jogging it. And yes, that's exactly what happened. And it's literally straight out of like an action hostage movie where it's like <laughs> you have 24 hours to delete the RSS feed or else your father and I are going to listen to every single episode. And like my blood ran cold when I got this phone call because it wasn't even about like getting kicked off the phone bill. Like I knew that like, you know, that day was coming eventually it was just like wow like you said I was not ready for mom and dad to be hearing our locker room talk yeah exactly we were not ready for their reaction I mean I think that as a family we are a lot more unfiltered these days we're a lot more ourselves we're kind of rocking and rolling and and in a great place but back then let's just say there was a separation of church and state absolutely yeah um and so yeah we we panicked and you're right if we can make an analogy to tar what started just as a drama became an action oh, yes. thriller because we absolutely we oh my god to action i i don't think i've ever worked faster worked harder <laughs> like like sweat above my lip like i oh yeah we called megan like the gestapo was after us <laughs> i mean there was just we were we were so panicked and anyway um I, I don't know, Megan, I feel like it was on a work trip or something. And we're yes. like, it all Sorry. has to be deleted. Get but, it all gone. Whatever like, you're doing, drop it. We need your full attention. Your corporate job doesn't matter right now. You don't understand. Our mom and dad might listen. <laughs> like This is John and Deb we're talking about, okay? <laughs> this is our life. This is our survival. <laughs> and she was great. I feel like she was like, she started laughing and she was like, are you sure? And then I feel like she was like, okay, like... And honestly, I didn't even know how to delete it. Like, I had no idea what an RSS feed was at the time. And I just right. remember, like, I was furiously checking to see when it had been deleted. So I knew that I could, like, sleep oh, easy again. The moment you clicked on the podcast episode and it said that it was unavailable, the relief that washed over me entirely. Oh, I yeah. mom had it on her phone. Basically, like, oh, like here it is. Like, I'm going to listen. Right. So the moment I figured out that it was finally deleted, yes, it was a complete torrential downpour of relief um and then the podcast obviously go ahead yeah I was just gonna I don't I feel like we didn't really talk about it then like at all for at least like a couple of years like I feel like it took about a year or two before we even joked about how like oh remember the podcast thing right mom hated that like it was like it's funny to laugh now but it was a it was one of like you know how you have those traumatic experiences when you're a kid where like you get in the most trouble you've ever been in like it was one of those it was probably the yeah. last time I got in a lot of trouble with our parents right exactly and yeah so fast forward four years essentially I thankfully was able to reinvent myself from the ashes uh, get a, a job really? as a very um, as a very prestigious executive assistant of secretary. Mm-hmm. Chandler was living in Los Angeles, I believe, at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I like got confused. Yes. I was living in Los Angeles. I had my first job. And I remember distinctly, and I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a prompting. 
Who knows? But I was driving one day in San Clemente, suburbia, and I thought we should start that podcast again. What's strange mm-hmm. about it, Chandler, is it was like it was like February 2020 when yeah. this was happening. Yep. And so I didn't know this, or maybe January. I didn't know this, but it was a couple months before the world would shudder. Yeah. Um, as we all went into panic against the virus. But anyway, I called you and I was like, we should do that podcast. Yeah. Yeah. What was your thought at the time? Like, why did you so exuberantly say yes? I think that I I don't know. I just wanted to have more of a side thing that I was interested in. At the time I was just like working all the time, you know. I don't know, trying to like keep a roof over my head. And so the idea of having something on the side that was just purely for fun, you know, and that's like, this is, I'll keep this tangent, you know, short, but like that was something that was very like uh, lauded in advertising was like, you know, this should be your day job. Even though we're going to make you work around the clock, like this should only be your day job. You should have some type of side hobby that's like, you know, way more exciting. And I always like felt like I didn't have something like that. And so I think when you suggest yeah. the podcast, I was like, oh, well, that's something that I love doing. That's something that's like very easy feeling for me to like, you know, log on and do, even though it's not right. easy, not an easy job. That was something that came naturally to me. So anyways, I well, that's why I was like has, excited. It has been a, a good creative side hustle for you. And I actually oh, absolutely. think like in your job, it, it has been really beneficial for right. you to kind of have this side thing running. Like hasn't it yeah. given you like some sort of like cachet or some side yeah. some sort of notoriety at work to this day. I mean, notoriety is not the word I would use, but it's <laughs> given me um I don't think I, I've never used that word about myself, but I think it's just like, oh, you like have this other venture that you care about and like it, I don't know, it's, I think it's also just fun. I think it just shows the really fun side of my personality that doesn't always get to come through, you know, I right. right, for sure. Um, and so anyway, we called up Megan. She was shockingly totally down, down to clown again. Um, and then really, you know, going back to tar, I think that (laughs) I marched onto, marched onto the stage ready to conduct my orchestra. I think the thing about this podcast is I really was the taskmaster, the ringleader, the 2020 reinvention. In the 2016 iteration, I was a reluctant participant. I had a life in literature to attend to. Oh my gosh. Um, I had the canon of American letters to contribute to. and so, Virginia to dream about. <laughs> my life in bucolic Virginia to dream about, which I'm <laughs> still doing to this day. But yeah, um, but then in 2020, I would say the entrepreneur side of me had started to bloom. Yeah. And yeah. so I was in taskmaster mode. And I right. just remember I just hit pedal to the metal. I was like, yeah, this is what we're doing. This is the calendar. We need fresh <laughs> for this trailer. I was like, we need original memes. We need fresh original oh memes. Like they can't even be reposted. And so if you go back into our feed super far down, you'll find don't, all these like, honestly, memes dear self I made. Don't do this. <laughs> The I mean, funny the, part some of the names are pretty funny. Is I was like, is I was like trying to get Chandler and Megan to also either make memes or at least I was like, here I am, basically like I'm in the coal mine making memes for this <laughs> thing. <laughs> Just so incredibly, uh, honestly, self-righteous. This the such a martyr side of you. No, the entrepreneur side of you is extremely powerful. You know, it is the person who uses Q4 in casual conversation. And I, I respect her and I admire her. And she is, you know, truly the the uh, engine, the steam engine, you know, powering this <laughs> this heifer. This. Yeah. So I really do appreciate it. And I love it. One day we should tell the story of me and my beer company, um, because I feel like that's a funny entrepreneur. That was like a, I, yeah, I feel like that was a precursor to pop apologist with like Lauren having spare time and wanting to like, yeah, figure out how to, a way to like monetize it. Let me just say that I was literally a secretary. That was my job. I was an executive assistant and I was, I had a full like business plan, not really a business plan, but I had a deck for this beer company I was going to start. And I was talking to people about how they want, could, or we're going to need to quit their jobs yep. in like six months to a year. <laughs> me, to me, go me work being for one of them. Full, full time at my I mean, beer company that was going to revolutionize beverages. Well, to be fair, I really despised the job that I was in. And so I, uh, I was so ready. I was like, I, I will join you. I was like about to like, you were like Adam Newman, like to me. And I was just like, all right. Like, 
I, I was like, let me know and I'll like I'll leave everything behind for you. I really was the language that I used to describe my beer company was like it was all it was just so incredibly it was just absurd and just imagine the chutzpah and the sheer delusion and confidence to email people who have like professional jobs and careers benefits who are like directors yeah Yeah, big companies and be like all right this is when you're gonna have to start planning your exit from this company (laughs) this is the timeline I see this moving along I'm like 27 living with my anyway it's hilarious it's it's honestly a scary amount of chutzpah (laughs) truly but anyway so it's 2020 and covid uh was i don't i don't know if we started before covid but it was like right when covid happened we started yeah in in earnest and i was cracking the whip on chandler and megan um sending texts at all hours which we all know now is you know a unsavory part of my personality it is (laughs) Um, getting this thing off the ground. Okay. And I just remember also, and I, and I think that may be sort of a reason why Megan was like, actually, I think you guys just take it. I think I'm good. Megan had like a very, like a serious corporate job that she had already risen through the ranks of like, like both Lauren and I were like entry level positions at the time. Right. And we were like, Okay, like this is this this ain't it, um, right? But Megan had already like you know had had already started her career and was re- very passionate about it, and so she was like, I actually, don't need a second boss in Lauren Bledsoe, <laughs> <laughs> telling me that I have my quota of homemade memes. You oh know, my gosh. Uh, telling me I need to hit my quota of homemade memes. No, and the difference was is obviously I got laid off during COVID, and yeah. Megan basically was promoted and given tons more responsibility. And so she just really didn't have the time. That's really what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so then there we were Chandler. I think Megan was with us for maybe two or three episodes. And then it was just us, us against the the big podcasting world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was a slow fudging journey. I mean, and not slow in the sense that we didn't put out content every week. It was just like, we're building the plane as we're flying it. It was really fun, though. I just remember the first six months especially were really fun. Like any startup you're in, the the most fun part is the beginning when you're creating something really from nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And also when you haven't, like now, we've told all the stories, it feels like. Right, right, yeah. And so we're going to tell a story. We're going to rehash it. But at the time, we hadn't told any stories. Like we have one time our mom – took us to picket outside a tile company in Orange, California for an entire like long Saturday morning from early in the morning until into the afternoon Mm -hmm. as she like basically harassed this company into giving her entirely new flooring. Some faulty tile tile work that they'd done on our house. Yeah, exactly. That's an episode called Child Activist Diaries that everyone can uh, definitely go catch up on if that sounds, you know like something you'd be interested in. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's, I think I, and I'm just going to say this, I think episodes one through 13 really are the foundation, really the seminal yeah. work of this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I highly recommend if you're new to the show, just listening to episodes one through 13 um, as, as probably I think like basically the foundation of our personalities, our history yeah. and starting the show. Totally. I mean, I think too, you know, the early days, we we just like, we still didn't think anyone was listening. It was like friends and family who were like, yeah, I've been listening to your podcast. And you're right. like, wait, are you really? Like, it, it was just still shocking to us that like anybody listened to it past the first episode. So I think we're just like a little bit, I don't know. Yeah, we were just maybe more unhinged, but in a great way. And Absolutely. yeah, like, I think then that's when we really started to like call in favors and be like, Courtney, want to come on the podcast? And like (laughs) at the time she was just like kind of starting her like influencing career. And, you know, that was a really fortuitous like, you know, episode. And I think we got like traction from that. Um, Well, yeah. Courtney, I think one of the things that was super helpful in the beginning is that Courtney had started her account six months. So our sister is an influencer, Courtney Grow. Um, I'm sure almost everyone listening knows, but Courtney had started her Instagram account around maybe six to nine months before we started the podcast. Yeah. Restarted. And restarted the podcast in 2020. Side story. I remember telling Courtney that, um, 
I Courtney really, it was Courtney's idea to bring it back because I told Courtney that I had this entire business plan for an interior design influencing account ready to roll. And she was like, and I was just like, this is how I'm going to make money. This thing is going to be a, right. a money printer. Like I was just like, you know, in my boardroom, in my mind, um, calling the shots. And she was like, yeah, sounds great. But do you even like interior design? I was like, not really. But tell, <laughs> let me just tell you how much easy money is to be made right here. Um, and she was like, I think that's okay. But what if you instead did something you actually cared about? Because I think that'll actually be a lot more successful than something you're phoning it in just to make money. Right, right. And so that really kind of was the seed to bring it back. But yeah, Courtney had started her account six to nine months before us. And so she already had this audience, right? She had grown so fast, um, as was just, you know, so natural to her because she's such a talent. And I think one of the things that really gave us our initial start, like almost like our seed round, if we were if we were getting investors was her shouting us out at the beginning. Yeah. I think oh, we absolutely. Went from, I think we went pretty quickly to like, I don't, what, what was it? Like 700 downloads a week, something yeah, really yeah, small, yeah. but not, do you know Chandler, a lot of people like don't even break above 125 lessons. Like oh, wow. it is, it is so hard to get people to listen to your podcast. I think a lot of podcasts like really have trouble keeping with, you know, the content and like keeping up with new episodes um when you know there's just not a lot of traction and like there were so many months i mean we're still trying to really grow like we're not yeah you know, we're a, not a big a, podcast at all we're not a big podcast by any means but like there were just weeks and months where we were just like nothing's happening we're not getting any you know type of like spike in our downloads like you know nothing we're try- trying all these different marketing strategies and and i think you introduced me to this statistic but like 90 percent of podcasts don't pre- get past episode three that's 1.8 million who quit and oh, then wow. of the two so of the 200,000 left 90 percent will then be gone after 20 episodes that's another 180,000 gone so to be in the top one percent of podcasts in the world you only need to publish 21 episodes that's insane the bar is extremely I know. low it's extremely low but it's also like you know I've I've seen that happen with like podcasts I've seen start like it's just it's really hard it's just something that takes a lot of like hope and faith and just like putting out hour long episodes into the ether and hoping that like one day someone will listen or stumble across it and that like you will just eventually grow. Well, I think that's, you know, one of the things that I see a lot in podcasting is that like really to be successful podcasting, you need to already have an audience. Like basically right. it's it's a way of for a lot of people to capitalize on an audience they've already built, whether that's mm-hmm. influencing, whether that's whatever, whatever it is. And so, yeah, if you're growing from scratch, it can be extremely, extremely difficult. Um, well, and, yeah, it's like celebrities start podcasts, you know, it, like people who are content creators start podcasts. Like I actually don't know a ton of people who just started a podcast from the ground up and then that's been their like rise to success not and we're not saying that that's our we're not saying that we are a rise to success we have a long way to go before either oh, no. of us are like this is our career this is no yeah you know, that day this, is not that day not is on not the horizon here. yet yeah but yeah it is it is interesting and I think it's just been a different journey for us than a lot of other podcasts that maybe do branch out from or already another career where an audience is built. right Right. But um but yeah, so we started and we had this kind of little audience, but the thing about it was is this little audience was so incredibly enthusiastic and supportive. Right. right. And I think it just made me feel like okay, there's something here where this yeah. isn't just a huge waste of time. Yeah. Absolutely. And like I just think we fell in love with like this first group of people who discovered us and you know, and this community that we kind of like created or whatever. I mean, it feels so weird to use any of those words because it's just, yeah, it just still doesn't feel like real or like we've, we haven't made it by any means yet. But um, that was just like a really like important part of like us like continuing on. And I think we even said a couple of times, like, let's just try to make it to a hundred episodes. Let's see what happens or like to 50. Like, like let, we we kept giving ourselves tiny milestones where it was like okay if we make it to this episode and this is still just like not growing like let's leave this behind yeah. you know like and now I I don't think knock on wood like I don't think Lauren and I now are like like we would we never want to stop this podcast right yeah absolutely um, I think the main I, thing though that really kind yeah. of kept us going was starting a Patreon because oh yes so we were probably like six months into our podcast. 
And the podcast was like, not just, you know, taking work, but it was also like costing us some money. And we we're like, well, what if yeah. we just try to, it was costing us probably like $500 a month. Yeah. Um, which was a lot to us at the time. And it's, yeah. it is a decent amount of money. So anyway, yeah. um, especially for something that's not really making you money. Right. That's just like, work. <laughs> <laughs> like you're just actually um, losing money on something. Yeah. So anyway, so I was like, let's start a Patreon. That way we can at least offset our costs for this thing. Yeah. So I, I was like always the person who was like, nope, I'm not ready. Nope, nope, nope. And then what was like so beyond sweet and incredible and mind blowing was that like when we did eventually start it, that we did have like, you know, with I think we had like 50 people or so like within like the first little bit of time. And I was like, okay, wait, like this is actually something like it's not just like our close friends who are like doing us the favor of listening. I remember thinking we'll probably get like 200 bucks a month from this Patreon. Yeah. And at least yeah. that'll be like covering something. Right. But I like remember we can break even. Yeah. And I just remember, I think our first month it was like a thousand dollars and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was just, inc- it was just incredible. It was really, yeah. it was really a cool feeling. And, and it, it didn't make me feel like, oh my gosh, this podcast can make so much money. It was just, it was just like a, such a shock that it went that high. That's really what it was. Yeah. And I think just like gratitude to anyone who like Lauren and I are both people who delete our Sam Harris subscription, like every three to six months when I'm like, I'm not listening to this. Like, bye. Like, right. It made me have so much like appreciation for anyone who like, you know, was willing to sign up for that, like, you know, to be a subscriber to our content. Mm -hmm. And I think too, you know, it gave me a new respect, I think, for creators and how important Mm -hmm. it is like when you really like someone's work and you, you're like a, you know, if you, yeah, it it just made me feel like, okay, wait, actually now when I see a creator who's doing stuff that I really like and I want to support them, like that money is so well spent. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyways, um, I think we should talk about our Spade and Sparrows ad. So, okay. So this is so funny. So our first year was really fun. I think it was filled with a lot of enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. We had so much, so many, all of our stories were untold. And then we got into our second year and the podcast was really kind of stagnating in terms of growth, but we were like yeah. on this content treadmill. Right. We could not get off. Right. Like we're on a Wednesday episode and a Friday episode every week to right. a week. Um, and I just remember that we also at the time signed with Podcast Nation um, mm-hmm. or signed as like a is like a, a, a that sounds a lot more exciting than it was. Podcast it wasn't like great. we were getting a paycheck from somebody. No, remember how we had to pay, we paid Podcast Nation. We had to pay for guests. It was kind of like a service that kind of legitimized us, where we were like repped, but we were not getting like sponsored by them. Right. They had to like create an entire agreement for us because we weren't like successful enough right, to make right. it really that worth that worth their while. So they were like, okay, well, you can pay us this much for each guest that comes on and this amount for every time we book you on another yeah. show. Yeah. And we can also get you some like small advertisers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we got Chandler, we got an advertiser, um, Spade and Sparrows. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing is, is like for our Mormon parents more conservative parents to first of all have their daughters not grow up to be the virtuous pious adults that they right. hope for but then also to have this de- debaucherous podcast where they're schlepping wine it was definitely a fall from the heights her mother aspired for us well let's also talk about the performance we gave with that ad like lauren <laughs> lauren <laughs> Uh, we felt, I think we felt so legitimized by having a celebrity wine endorsement on our podcast that Lauren literally gave it the performance of her life. It's Oscar winning. I have never tasted. Oh my gosh. Chandler, this wine by Caitlin Bristow of The Bachelorette. If there's anyone you want to be making your wine, it is a bachelor alum. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited that Caitlin, so funny. It's just funny. I and love like, the rosé, the Pinot Noir, just really, oh, so funny. So anyway, it was just so embarrassing for our mom to have a schlepping Spade and Sparrows wine. I think we also, you know, your, the performance you gave, great performance. It, it made us sound like total winos, <laughs> like, for like, lack of a better word. Every night I love to sit down with that glass right. of red wine. Which like... Yeah, we both drink, but neither of us are like, wine is not our personality. That's not like the brand of white girl that we live. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Absolutely not. 
Um, so what are some other funny moments on this podcast journey or, um, I think, I, mean, well, I think I've, we got our first real housewife. Like that was really fucking cool. Yeah. Year two was funny because we were like, that was really fun. When we had, I think we had Dandra Simmons was our, yeah. the housewife we had housewife we had on. Um, the other funny thing about this podcast is like, we were such hustlers and grinders with it. Like I remember we went on Kate Casey's podcast and mm-hmm. she was like, can you come on to review this, this show, this yeah. one episode? And we were just like hungry. Like we would do anything. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Casey. So then, but the funny part is we didn't watch that show. So I forced Chandler to watch two seasons of this, of, uh, Seeking Sister Wife. Seeking Sister Wives in order to prepare for this 20 minute appearance on Kate Casey's podcast Uh in two days. I was like, you I was like, I'm watching on my phone in the car. Like, yeah, it was like every (laughs) single like and these were like hour long episodes that were kind of painfully slow as well. (laughs) I'm like writing notes, you know, so intense. That was so funny. And yeah, it was the that for the whole second year with being part of Podcast Nation was so funny because it was it was so much work and money going out because we were mm-hmm. also paying them. But yep. then like it in terms of growth, it was tough because we would go on all these other podcasts too. And so we were not only doing two episodes a week, but it was also like guesting on other podcasts. Yeah. And and I remember like they could only book us really on small shows. Like right, right. no one cared about the pop apologists. Yeah. Um, not to say people care today, but no one especially cared then. And really, I hate to say it, but it didn't really move the needle for us at all. But it well, just that, created a lot more work. There were there were just like so many learnings about how we could actually grow. Like we really realized like you know, having guests on wasn't always a growth thing and going on other podcasts Mm -mm. didn't always make us grow. It just kind of like, you know, used up some of our effort and energy. And, you know, it just like, it it wasn't as, it it just wasn't as fruitful as we thought it was because like, I think our original strategy was like, we need to have a guest every week, you know? And then I think two a week, two a month, like, I think we came to the conclusion after getting like feedback from people and you know even like negative reviews and stuff where it was like oh people actually prefer when it's just us chatting or like that that was like the bread and butter that people wanted so then it became a thing of like okay well how are we going to grow this if it's just us talking Mm because no one really cares about us like we're not influencers we don't have an audience um and i think it was at the end of the second year where i was kind of like okay well this i need to see some traction with this thing we need to actually see it like growing or yeah. I can't keep doing this because it's such a grind it, it kind of got to a point where it was kind of a Lauren, grind oh also, also can, oh, go ahead. I just want to say Lauren it can be a little bit of a negative Nancy about the pod like during times of slow growth like she's just you know you're just an entrepreneur and if things are not moving and shaking like you're like okay we got to pump we got to pump this to use you know whatever your crypto terminology um, <laughs> or we got to leave it behind and so yeah, you know yeah, I think that Lauren has been a big driver and, you know, trying new things for us. And, you know, because like for me, I have like my other job. And so like the podcast is always like something I'm very proud of and, you know, something that I like want to continue to work on. But it's yeah, it's it's definitely more more of something that like I balance with that other job. Well, and I remember I remember we were kind of on this thing where we were in this grind doing two podcasts a week because we had Patreon going that second year. And I remember we were at having dinner with Courtney in Park City. Mm-hmm. We were kind of just like, you know, burnt out. And she was like, I think that you guys can just bring your Patreon to twice a month. I like, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to care. And the subtext of that was like, I'm not sure how many people actually listen to your Patreon right, episodes. Right. Some um, people just subscribe to be notice. supportive, which we adore and thank you for it was just hilarious and so we were like oh really you think like you think we could bring this thing to, t- yeah. to twice a month and people yeah. would go with it and so what happened was is so then we did that and we really didn't have that much attrition from the patreon maybe 10 percent yeah um and so that kind of gave us the breathing room to like get our creative juices back if you remember that yeah. Chandler. yeah i do to not feel like we were on so much of a treadmill and then and then really what happened was Johnny Depp and Amber Heard mm-hmm. the case, well two things happened one I had not like it was me but the idea came to do giveaways and I was like Chandler what if we do giveaways where we incentivize people to share the podcast yeah. on their stories yeah that way we can like the, you know they'll share their to their audiences 
And that it was so crazy because we started that in the third year. And yeah. in the third year, if you look at our chart, the whole second year was very much a kind of study. And then right, not right. Steady growth, just keeping an audience. Yeah. And then the third year, it just the uptick starts. And like it's yeah. not a crazy exponential growth, but at least it was like growing. Right. And it right, was right. those giveaways were pretty huge for us. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's where your entrepreneur spirit really shines because you were drumming up new ways for us to reach people. Thank you. Thank you. I do what I can. Um, and then the other big moment that happened was we, oh my gosh, I can't believe we did this, but the Johnny and Amber case, you know, mm-hmm. happened. And that was just a galvanized the nation. Everyone was wrapped. Galvanized watched- the nation. <laughs> like the civil war everyone was just completely obsessed with this trial yeah Yeah. and I don't remember do you remember how we kind of came to the place where we're like okay we're gonna recap every single day of this trial I think we started by like okay let's like let's keep up with the updates let's like you know let's keep up with the trial and then you started to actually watch the court footage as well as a few other creators you know we're starting to like watch it because it was just being streamed and I mean to be just totally blunt, I think it was just like really juicy. Like it just wasn't boring television. Like and watching I remember, it was yeah. like was pretty gripping. And so we were like, wait, we have we have so much we could like distill down for people from this like you know eight hours of just like juicy tidbits and and details about their terrible relationship. It was amazing. Um, and so anyway, okay, just really quick rapid fire, you guys. There's been so many fun moments on the pod. Highly recommend listening to the first thirteen episodes of Pop Apologists. Chandler, how about the time we had our own mother on our podcast who so much hated this show, tried to cancel it. I mean, remember when she texted us, you know, are you bringing back that, back that podcast? That's so embarrassing. Absolutely. So embarrassing. Right. Absolutely. So embarrassing for our family. That's a direct quote. The day we thought would never come arrived and we had her on for our 100th episode. And people love that episode. I mean, I did a little call out, like, what are your favorite moments we should go through? And Oh, I mean, so many people said our episode with our mom. So if you have not listened to it, it is episode 100 and it is so, so fun. Um, also, the episode with Courtney and Wyatt Chandler, I, I feel know, like it's such, a, is such, a, good such a fun episode. Um, also, like I love I love that episode because I think we do like a day in the life. And so we talk about like coming upstairs and getting Starbucks together. And I just think it'll be like a fun little artifact to look back on when we're old and we're just going to be like, oh my gosh, remember that time? Remember Chandler and I didn't have any kids and we would just stay in your basement and ride your coattails. Oh, anyway, I know it, uh, it definitely is a wonderful like depiction of our like relationship as like siblings. And it's great. Everyone, if you're new to the show, you absolutely need to listen to episode 12, which is, can I speak to the manager of this drive through? Because that in that episode, we share, I think, the most iconic story of this podcast. It has to do with Chick-fil-A. It has to do with Diet Lemonade. And all I have to say is I think it's our top – It's like a, I think it is our top podcast moment to, over the whole show. So please do not yeah. sleep on episode 12. Yep. It, it's like a – it's like a canon uh, pop apologist story, I would say. <laughs> also – the story about um, I don't I'm looking for what number it is, but it's the story where I shit myself at a wedding. Yes, oh, the wedding evacuation happened. Wedding evacuations. Uh, do you know what number it is? I'm you know, trying to find I don't it. Know. Sorry. Do you not have this? Okay, it's episode twenty one. Wedding evacuations. So good, you guys. Um, <laughs> I mean, people love this story. So. It- it's hilarious because you can just tell it by episode 21. We were just like, okay, Lauren, what other like graphic content can you bring to the pod? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Just like we were really didn't take much. I think that's how we know that, you know, there was some sort of divine intervention because it was like, okay, these girls really want this podcast to work. We got to have right. something. We got, they got to get some, have some content. Let's give this girl bad food poisoning at an otherwise gorgeous five-star wedding. <laughs> um, <laughs> terrible. You know, you know, you have a podcast when you see your, uh, your wedding evacuations as potential content. Exactly. Um, Also, episode 20 is how to work soft and influence no one. So work soft is a huge thing we talk about all the time. Um, 
it's our really reaction to girl boss culture, being victims uh-huh. of girl boss culture, being told that most important thing in our lives will be our careers our um, job. and having very little interest in said careers. So right. anyway, not that Chandler, you know, loves her career. We're not saying that, but, um, <laughs> If you also find girl boss culture Look, to be nauseating, you will yeah. love this episode. It's it's all about how like our job is not our identity. And like that's a very critical distinction between me and a girl boss. Yes, absolutely. There's also the episode, episode seven. This is a really very important episode where Chandler regales us with when she returned a, a tarp to Walmart. Um, so please check out that episode. Um, okay. What other episodes? I mean, we've both... Uh, didn't you have Kagan on? I had Ben on for one episode. One, I think Ben's been on twice. I pulled the episode with Kagan. You did have Ben on. Um, so oh, you know what? Kagan Actually, a great one. Everyone loves episode with with Dad. Oh yeah. Um, what episode was that? I think though? that it was like uh, it, it, I don't know. It was one about Erica Girardi. Oh, here we go. Episode thirty six: The Case Against. Erica Jane featuring our mm-hmm. uh, featuring Orange County divorce attorney John Bledsoe, aka our father. We ask mm-hmm. him for advice. He's a divorce attorney. What would he tell aspiring gold diggers everywhere? So please <laughs> listen to that episode um, if you ever want to get a great so settlement. <laughs> you should pay um, us for this marketing, honestly. Okay, I will say in the, on the Patreon there are some true gems. Yeah, like it's true. Smallest of sarongs. Okay. Smallest of sarongs on Patreon is not one to sleep on. Also, Rascal on the Run. Rascal mm-hmm, on the Run is mm-hmm, a very, mm-hmm. I mean, these are all like stories I can't tell in the regular episodes and they're kind of Puerto Rico adjacent about experiences yeah. here. So good. Our breakdown of the cut article of Meghan Markle, I do think is a real, I mean, this is so bad because it's like literally just pat, us patting ourselves on the back. Listen, we're not mentioning them all. They are not all five stars. Sometimes right. we just did our best, but these are times when I think that the stars align to deliver some top-notch content to our people. It's true. It's true. Oh, Chandler, you know what one people love? Episode 40 42, Celeb Meltdowns and Mission Viejo Mall Memories featuring Lo Von Rumpf. Mm. People love that oh episode. Oh my gosh, yeah. We should get him back on. He's the greatest. He really is the greatest. Oh, I will also say episode 83, All Too Fucking Well, where we completely break down the video, the 10-minute video, All Too Well by Taylor Swift, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is another favorite that people enjoy. Right. So that should give you guys enough to go off of. Oh, Okay, episode 90, Olive Oil and Blood. That is a story at my own expense um, that I highly recommend. And episode 92, Don't Stop Believing Mammals, the dating episode, is a fun one. And then um, any any other seminal moments, Chandler, we want to turn people to? No, just I just want to say an overwhelming thank you. And we appreciate everyone who listens and we appreciate everyone who, you know, is on the Patreon. Like anyone who spends any part of their like time, week, day, like listening to us like we just feel so grateful for you we really are so grateful we don't take it for granted at all and everyone who helps us grow shares the podcast on their stories it really means the the world to us because it helps us actually get this thing off the ground so anyway i hope this episode wasn't too navel gazy but we just kind of wanted to walk down memory lane with everyone and really thank all of our og listeners and welcome our new listeners yes love you all thank you thank you to enter the diamond tennis bracelet giveaway just Post on your stories, your favorite pop apologist episode, include a link and tag us. We will DM you that you've been entered. That helps us grow, obviously. And that is it. We will see you on Patreon on Friday. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food like my Mm. clean simple eats protein powder.
Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it's just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimpleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimpleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off